What if these things can read our minds? This is a safe sex zone. Simple, beautiful fish. Good night, campers. Turn on, tune in, talk movies. Welcome to the Video Cult. It's corn pizza, it's killer robots, it's chewing gum at the furniture store orgy. Welcome to the Video Cult. Jesus. What's that? Robot blood. Welcome to our uh, inaugural episode about exploitation cinema from uh, around the world. Well, right now, just right next door to us in, in the USA. I'm Josh Carmody, uh, and I'm joined by uh, Nathan Stone. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we this is something we've wanted to do for a little bit now. I, I can't remember when we first brought up the idea. I know some, I think it would have been you first. To... Yeah, it was last year at some point. I can't tell exactly when. Both Josh and I are, or were, I guess, we're done now, uh, students in a media production program at our uh, local college. And we realized that we both had a little bit in common in terms of our love of a very particular type of cinema, really. that You said it in exploitation films. People call them B-movies. People call them bad movies. Those people are wrong. But it's, <laughs> it's really a wonderful little genre of of film and you kind of had the basis for this idea in a class that we took that required us to make podcasts you kind of did the a pilot version of this i did yeah i did I, the focus on it was on canadian exploitation films which i realized when we decided to branch out was a little limiting because the basis was that we'd really get interviews every time and and that's just not feasible for us starting out but the first episode was about kids versus aliens. I talked to one of the main props people uh, from that movie. She's a friend of mine. And I, I guarantee you we'll get her on and we'll talk about that movie again to, to kind of redo that. <laughs> to do the, Just Evil Dead 2 the shit out of it and, and redo it, which I, I think will be really fun. But uh, yeah, that's really where we're at. We, we took a media course. We're two white guys with microphones and we thought we were qualified. So let's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, we're basically the perfect podcasters. We're, exactly. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we fit the mold. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, it, it's funny. Uh, we're, we're recording in my apartment, which is very, very small. And, and it, it, this happened to be the first time that I've heard what sounds sound like in my hallway when I'm because usually when I leave, everything shuts off. So I had the bathroom fan on and I was out in the hallway and I could hear the bathroom fan pretty much all the way to the front door of the apartment. And it's now made me realize that I have a very intimate relationship with some people in this apartment, considering what they may or may not have heard come out of my <laughs> bathroom. So that's a whole new thing I get to worry about now. What What's going on new in your life, Nathan? Well, uh, you know, to speak to the the intimacy of apartment living, I've lived in apartments most of my life. It's It really is the kind of thing where it bothers you for about a day, and then you kind of shrug and you're just like, ah, you know what, it's whatever whatever they get to hear some stuff i get to hear some stuff it's <laughs> it's fine and i i have the same experience with my neighbors we have a neighbor on one side of our apartment and they change every year right it's usually students and oh boy man the things <laughs> the things that you hear sometimes just being on the other side of the walls our walls are like tissue paper thin so you find some some interesting discussions about certain preferences certain things that I, I'm sure are meant to be private conversations, but certainly are not. <laughs> you know, for for my for myself, I'm uh, filming some 
workout videos uh, recently for a friend slash client of mine. This is part of our work terms, uh, just finishing off our school program. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. It's kind of weird to be that that shooter for a fitness video because all I'm thinking about the whole time is just like the lighting and, you know, the, the composition and stuff. And meanwhile, you know, I'm just there and I'm just like, oh, I just filmed like five minutes of ass. I was just, about just to ask. Ass. I, was yeah, like, like, I was like, just OK. And I'm centered on your ass. Go. Go. Yeah. Ass and cross shots, man. It's it's the bread and butter, I guess, of, of the industry. But <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. It really has. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. That's funny. I'm getting into my work term uh, soon. I went and I spoke with them yesterday. So it's sort of. Kind of, it's more sporadic. It is a lot of kind of dry stuff of filming, maybe some press conferences and some other things. But I know for five days they're paying me to go away to film all the other NSCC graduations. So that's our college. So I have to not only go to my own graduation and listen to someone essentially read from a phone book while a parade of people I've never met before in my life march by. I get to do that five other times <laughs> and stay at a hotel room with a man I've never met before. Oh boy. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting week. Yeah. Um, that's an experience. Yeah. So that's really all I've got going on right now. But something we both have in common is that we both watched the 1985 classic Chopping Mall. Mm -hmm. Chopping Mall uh, came out in March of 1985, originally under the title of Killbots. And it did not do very well. And they chalked that up a little bit to the poster was different. The poster most people will see is of a metal hand that makes no appearance in the film holding a shopping bag with I think, body parts or something sticking out of it or bleeding. I think the original poster was more of what the actual robots look like in the film that are not particularly menacing. They are not. <laughs> uh, and it was 20 minutes longer. So oh. they took they pulled it from theaters after a little bit. Uh, they cut 20 minutes out, which gives us our now very crisp and quick runtime of 78 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, retitled it Chopping Mall. And uh, and I, having not seen the extra uh, 19 minutes, I think it was the right choice. See, that, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. And for me, the length of this movie is perfect. Oh, yeah. It is everything I want from this story, from this cast, from everything in a, yeah, as you say, very crisp 78 minutes. And I didn't feel like I, I it was robbed of anything. No, there's nothing wasted. And when I looked at what some of the cutscenes might be, because there's there's both uh, claims of this original version that had it that was 20 minutes longer and a TV version, which I assume is maybe not necessarily much longer, but does have some of those scenes added back in because there's a couple times it's bloody. They maybe couldn't get away with it on TV. But for the most part, the deaths are not particularly violent, except for, for one of them that we'll get to. Yeah, I, I feel some of those are similar cutscenes, and a lot of it is early stuff in the furniture store and characters talking to each other and stuff that just really isn't needed at all. Uh, I feel there's really nothing wasted. And 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 again, when you have those kind of extra scenes, the longer version of this movie maybe took itself a little more seriously. And I think this movie not taking itself seriously and embracing that the robots are basically murderous Johnny Fives is, is better for it because... If it tried to take it to itself too seriously, like like any other slasher, it's got a lot of slasher moves in it. If it was too serious, it just I don't think it would be any good. And I think no. it straddles a nice line. It really does for me. And, and we'll find out during this synopsis. But 
I love this movie. I love every part of this movie. It is an absolute joy to watch. And the idea of it trying to be serious can't work for me. It it can't because it does such a good job of being silly and fun and just a good time. So that's it's really interesting because I'm a little bit more of a novice when it comes to these types of movies. We, we've had this conversation, you and I, in private, <laughs> yeah. but you love like you're a nerd for these types of yes. movies, right? You, when, you love deep diving those kind of I things. I lived as a kid, like a young teenager, probably when I was in junior high, when I first started kind of getting into B movies, bad movies, X, Y, think watching stuff like kind of in that ironic sense to kind of see something try and, and fail or try and, and be very different. Uh, I lived on IMDb because I couldn't uh, just go and rent anything. A lot of the video stores in this city were were kind of corporate ones like Blockbuster, and they didn't always have kind of older, weirder stuff. There was no YouTube. There was no trailers. Mm-hmm. Like occasionally IMDb would have trailers for for things. Like I remember the, 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 the Jaws ripoff Grizzly was like a holy grail for me for years and years and years because I just only ever heard people talk about this movie where a bear gets blown up with a rocket launcher. And like, it's just old people on forums, like telling me, like, hey, trust me, bro. Uh, so that really is where that came from, that there's a, almost there's a lot of movies that I haven't even seen. I just know a lot about because of that time I spent yeah, at IMDb, just going through the trivia, the production stuff and, and finding out as much as I could before then. Oh, like finding it like uh, at a jumbo video in Charlottetown, <laughs> PEI, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And that's I love I love that about you where you you really have this passion for it. For me, I'm just kind of I don't want to say I'm I'm a, I'm a baby, I'm a beginner. I've always loved these movies. I grew up on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, me as well. And oh yeah. So that really colored my my taste in in films, in comedy, in in a lot of things. But I've always just been an enjoyer, right? I haven't done these deep dives, so I'm very excited to to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of this with you and kind of be a little bit of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed <laughs> kid again, just being like, "Oh, really?" Like, oh, so. yeah. we got some of that here yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. So let's, yeah, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So I believe we open on a diegetic commercial. Yes. For the the uh, well, not killer robots. Uh, very supposed to be passive security yeah. robots. Uh, the future that Google wants for us. Uh, <laughs> you know, being uh, happening in in a Los Angeles mall. Um, and I love that commercial. Uh, it reminds me of the commercials from like RoboCop, that mm-hmm. almost satirical kind of Reagan era uh, commercial kind of kind of thing. And I and I so I enjoyed that. It hit me very much as as a RoboCop esque type of bit. Yeah. There, I love this this guy who has somehow managed to to not only break into this mall but break into a jewelry store in this mall yeah. at at some point. I love that we know that he is he is a near do well because his his white shirt is just filthy, just yeah, filthy there, and you can always tell. Uh, and, and after breaking into the jewelry store, is just strolling through the ball yeah. as if he's already escaped, <laughs> yeah. very casually. Just yeah. so I want to ask because we we get our first real look at our protectors, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the what were what was your first impressions? I do love this level of special effects. And I don't think it needed to be much more. It's quite a bit of special effects. Um, later on, the they shoot lasers, and that's pretty much the only added thing. Everything else that they do is being remote controlled by the special effects team. And they're built out of, like, if uh, the frames are, like, old wheelchairs. And they had uh, uh, some other uh, uh, bear belt pieces, I think, from, like, a like 
from like a grocery store is like kind of what makes up the treads. So they're they are really fun. Oh, and then yeah, they have like the claws, the pinchy claws which is literally yeah. just a reaching claw like for kids. <laughs> but that is and it's so funny seeing that being used so like dramatically that oh, it can yeah. like kill people. Um and then also has like the uh the the fucking grappling hook on that little string and I was like I had a Batman toy as a kid that very clearly had the same level of technology. I was like that string's not giving much pull or force or anything. So um, but yeah, I, I, I do like them. But what I said before, they're they're very silly. They're campy. Mm-hmm. And so the movie does a good job of having them be campy. They've kind of got a bit of a personality. And that happens later where yes. they'll, they'll like they'll look at each other and stuff. And I and I, I enjoy that about it. So I think the movie knows what they're working mm-hmm. with and doesn't try to go too far. Whereas some other movies with robots, uh, I, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, Tom Selleck classic Runaway. Runaway. The Tom no, Selleck movie Runaway. It's like written by written or directed by Michael Crichton, and Tom Selleck is a, a robot cop in the future. But all robots look like Roombas, <laughs> and they're like turning violent. So he's just fighting violent Roombas the whole time. So like that movie really thinks the robots are scary, and they are not. So yeah. like it's kind of that. It's it really is like an exchange of tone that you know the movie knows what it's working with, and and in that they have character, and and I think they they fit, and and I like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I when I first watched it uh, a while back, I was blown away by the fact that they're kind of small. They're they're not large. They go up to maybe hip height on most of the characters. But I think that really lends to that comedic aspect to them, right? They they just kind of trundle up to you, sometimes with no sound whatsoever. The number of times they sneak up on characters in this movie is wild. Despite the rest of the time making shitloads of sound. Just so much noise. They can't turn their heads without the loudest servo you've ever heard. But they, they do excellent job. And I'm so glad you mentioned the characterization. These little guys have so much character and it makes the movie so much better. The little things that they do with them, the little head turns, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in, when they yeah. start killing people, but just some of the things that they do throughout this movie are, are fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. So then after our uh, d- uh, diegetic commercial, we uh, are then in the mall where we see that this has been like kind of, well, and I'm not sure because the mall seems to have already bought them. So it's not. A sales pitch. I guess it's like a an introduction yeah, to them. It, They've already bought it. I guess this is them showing up to set it up. So we have this guy who I thought was the first time I saw this movie. I thought this scientist guy was for sure going to come back and be like, there's a flaw in the program or something. No, never no, comes back no. again. This guy, like, you know, beautiful 80s hair just d- does his, his the scientist is just like they're they're not killer robots they they're only for defense mm-hmm. um they do have lasers and plastic explosives yeah. but only to clear debris which i think is hilarious. like even even if they didn't go nuts that's a really crazy thing yeah. to have so we're, we're watching this yeah this uh, sort of demonstration and we get our first uh roger corman throwback of which there are many throughout mm-hmm. this uh movie because this is roger corman produced more so, it's Julie Corman. It's his wife. So she had a deal with Vestron. And Vestron, if, if Jesus Christ, if you want a good list of movies that probably will never let you down, Vestron Video is definitely one of the companies <laughs> that will do that for you. So she had a deal with Vestron. Um, Jim Wynorski, the director, he really wanted to to do more work with Corman. I think at this point he, he already had. I think we see other posters of his in this movie. Um, so he just wanted more work with Corman. Uh, you know, but Julie Corman was the one who had the final say, so it's more her movie. 
And uh, and I think specifically she had a deal with Vestron to make a movie set in a mall. And so that, that was like, so, and Jim Wodorski had been wanting to make a Phantom of the Mall, his words, type mm. movie. And that's sort of what brought them all together. When I read that, I thought of the idea of, of doing almost a, you know, one for one of Phantom of the Opera, but in the mall, right? Oh, like it exists. Having, having around. It already exists. Oh, no. It's called Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. And guess who's in it? Polly Shore. Oh, my God. It has one of the best ending songs I've ever heard, but I, it has words in it that I don't think our modern audience wants me to repeat. So just look up that movie okay. and it's ending so- credit song. But it's called Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. I think it's from 1989, uh, right before Pauly Shore got like his own movies. He was just like an MTV VJ. So, yes, I already exists. I'm sorry to tell you. No, <laughs> I'm happy to know that. That's, it's going on the list. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I do. I did enjoy that the exposition dump of this movie came early and it just like, here's all the things we're going to be showing oh, you throughout yeah, the film, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, it's just Chekhov's gun after Chekhov's gun. Yeah. And then they don't ever have to do that again. Mm -hmm. And that, again, gives to the leanness of this movie that we don't have. The main characters never have a like, oh, we found a manual. Oh, we have to re-explain everything from the beginning of the movie. They're almost always kind of lost and the robots are able to kind of one up them as a result of that. So there's never any re-exposition dump, which is good. So, yeah, like all right up front, true 80s fashion. It's all like a weird sales pitch kind of thing. But yes, I went off track. Our first (laughs) Corman uh, reference is uh, the couple that's talking about the robots uh, where they say that they want to bring one of the robots to their restaurant to deal with people that they don't like. They're from a movie that I've not seen called Eating Raul. Uh, It's about cannibalism to some Mm -hmm. degree. And I believe the Raul character is played by Robert Beltran, who or Beltram. I can't remember. I think it's Beltran. He plays Chakotay on on Star Trek Voyager. So he's oh. Raul in the titular as the titular That's eating Raul. Excellent. And it's some sort of restaurant cannibal uh, movie from from 1982. So those two characters are yeah. from that movie. And, and and they give us one of the greatest lines in cinema history. Uh, the middle robot has an what is it? An, it's an unpleasantly ethnic quality. <laughs> Which, yeah. All three of them look identical and nothing like a human. <laughs> so I, I was fascinated with that line. That um, line plus the camera lingering lovingly over those two in a couple of shots made me look yeah. it up. So I, I did have this that piece of trivia written down and I, I do want to see that movie now. But because uh, the synopsis sounds a little wild. But uh, that line was just it was apropos of nothing. And it was yeah. so beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's 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 one of those. It's like it, it's like Roadhouse when Buddy says I, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. It's like it just comes out of nowhere and then it stays with you. But yeah, so that kind of gives us all of our setup. Like I said, our, our Chekhov's guns, we, we learn everything we need to learn about the robots and, and their capabilities that they don't go into the individual stores. They're only there at nighttime. Um, and so that's uh, where we're set up. And now and then we move. Or, we, we can't forget one important thing. Oh. The giant blast doors that close oh, yes. off the Holy mall that, between that, 10 and I, 6. I don't know why I forgot about that. But <laughs> on this watch, it was especially alarming because and I guess it's because there's no uh, to, I guess to go back to Robocop, there's no evidence that this is taking place in a world where crime is so rampant. We need robots with things. sleep. Yeah. With sleeping darts to take out criminals. It seems just like normal 80s L.A., which I guess is a little rough. But like it, it, 
they, I don't know. It's just, like, it seems ridiculous. This is the like most a- white bread mall I've ever seen. And the, the yeah, next scene, uh, the montage sets this up for us. Yeah, I think I we, we could look up where it is. It's the Sherman Oaks Galleria. I don't know where that it is. It was in, in California. Yeah, it's in California, California, but I don't know if it's really L.A. It seems more like a valley mall, which mm. would say it's probably not a crime ridden yeah. area. They wanted to film at the Beverly Center, but the Beverly Center was too much money. So they filmed at the yeah the, the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which is the same one from Commando. And they were filming around the same time, but Commando would film during the day because they had more budget and there'd be people there. And they only had enough money to film at night when there wasn't people <laughs> there, um, except for a security guard who was really the, the head of security was like very on them about the explosions and things they were doing in the mall all the time. So but yes, the giant blast doors, which were so ridiculous giant like metal doors slamming they, shut they bought them surplus from the death star these yes. things they're absolutely <laughs> wild yeah yeah but i i love that because as soon as you see that you're no like oh okay there's no getting out of this mall right yeah. like you the, again it's it's another one of those things that they set up so beautifully that will only go would only go wrong in this particular scenario <laughs> yes exactly and also in a tv movie that they're often accused of of stealing the premise of where People get locked into a mall, but instead of robots, it's like teams of vicious killer Dobermans it's from 1973. It's called Trapped. Uh, so I've not seen it, but apparently it's like that. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's other more interesting movies about Dobermans that can be watched. Um, so then we start meeting our other characters, and I'm trying to remember all of their names because it just leaves. I th- our main character's name is Allison, Allison and she's yeah. played by Kelly Maroney. Yes. Um, and she, they work at a pizza place. Yeah. Her and Susie. Work yes. At the OK. Pizza so place. her yeah. and Susie work at the pizza place in the mall. I didn't catch the name of this pizza place, but I did see later in the movie. There's a pizza place called Licorice Pizza. And I don't know if that's the same one. And I'm like, we can get into a lot of the names of the stories. Yeah, no, this, but. that was it. That was a, its own thing. Uh, the one at the beginning, I'm trying to remember the name, but it's it's not coming to me. But it was definitely a, a unique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in in here again, we get more of our Roger Corman and Jim Wynorski references. Um, the movie posters that are all on the wall, I think there's Lost Kingdom, Galaxy of Terror, which we're definitely going to do, Slumber Party Massacre. These are all Roger Corman joints. I think Jim Wynorski might have even directed Galaxy of Terror. Sorceress is another one. We don't fully see the poster for Sorceress, but there's like, it's like the, the tiger with wings. That's so, for yeah, it, it's a manticore because oh, I'm yeah. a big I'm a big <laughs> nerd. It's a manticore. And honestly, I paused that movie because I had never seen Sorceress. I, I was like and I was just like, is this a motivational poster? Oh, because I'm thinking like he's in a store like this should be a motivational poster. You know, it's like work hard, you know, like hang in there kind of thing. So I, I went down a Google rabbit hole to finally come to Sorceress and finally find this poster because uh, it was driving me absolutely <laughs> out of my mind. And I watched the trailer oh for Sorceress. Sound, it seems like a lot of fun. Oh, I, yeah. I, it's I, in that Darkstalker vein. There's so mm. many of those, like Sword and Sandal from that era. Yeah. But, you know, the, every once in a while, one that's worth it. Yeah, Sorceress. So we get a lot of that. And then we also get something that has been infinitely fascinating to me since I first saw that movie. And that's corn pizza. The <laughs> Susie drops a slice of pizza on the floor that she's supposed to be serving because she's working in this restaurant. And that pizza hits the floor and so much like niblets of yellow corn go everywhere. And I was like, I originally thought when I first saw it, I was like, OK, maybe they just they wanted it to look as sloppy and messy as possible. Mm-hmm. So they were like, just put something on it. 
put something on the plate so that it kind of gets everywhere. No, I looked it up. This is, I don't know all the history of it because I don't have the time to read those 4,000 word biographies that, that come before online recipes, but I found a number of online recipes for corn pizza. It seems to be one of those like American Midwest things. Like oh, where it you sounds just like a Midwestern yep. jello or make way too sweet. You oh. mix fluff into stuff. Like it just seems like one of those weird things of just bored housewives. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. Of thing. But yeah. It, yeah, it really is a true bastardization of, of an oh. Italian art form. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it is very so unfortunate. Uh, see, I, I, I like corn. I like corn a lot, like pizza a lot. Yep. Please don't put corn on my pizza. That's no. all I ask. No, definitely not. And in meeting some of our characters, we start to get some of our first questions, which is how fucking old are these people? <laughs> because as we go through the gamut, there's eight main characters that we start to meet. We well, we meet uh, uh, Allison and Susie mm-hmm. uh, uh, working at, uh, at, the, at pizza the pizza place. place yeah. Greg and Ferdy, yeah. who work at the furniture store. Yeah, and Mike. And Mike works yeah. at the furniture, works store, the furniture as well. store as well. And then we have Mike's girlfriend, who I'm gonna yeah. forget, again, I'm going to forget everyone's Her, name. She works at the, she works at a Leslie. clothing store. Yeah. So Leslie works at a clothing store. And then we have a married couple. Yeah, again, Linda and Rick. And then yeah. we have Linda and Rick. They all seemingly are running the gamut of problems for people that are both 16 and 29. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my head, when I first watched this film and then it's, it had been a little while and I had kind of just been like, Oh, it was, it was all teenagers, teenagers having sexy times at a mall. They run well, into robots. When, I think, and then, but Mike, it's not, it's not it's that at Mike all. Goes to meet, to Leslie. meet Leslie's father. Yeah, or she, so, sorry, he runs into her father. Yeah, so yeah. Her, Leslie's working at the at her clothing store job. It's like it looks like it looks like H and M, but it's not. The the logo is very similar very to H and M. It's not. It's all whatever it is. And her dad's there, and I I definitely made a note about that because I said the dad looks like a villain from a movie where the heroes ride BMX bikes. This guy's from a completely different movie. Yeah. And again, much like the scientist, never shows up again. <laughs> he just no. he's like there to be a a, a yeah. thirty second antagonist. Yeah, that, it, that scene was really like, th- there's not almost any fat to this movie. And that scene was a weird one for me because I did expect him to come back at some point yeah. and it's just not a problem. He's just, he's gone. Yeah, again, like seconds. the scientist, yeah. I figured the sci- I figured there we would start to get some C plot of people trying to get into the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, I thought. But no, so, and when Mike is there, he's like, Oh, like he's all like nervous, like, oh, well, oh, I can't let him know that I'm going to be spending the evening with his daughter. And I'm like, you guys are in your mid 20s yeah. or something. But it's a very teenage problem. Mm-hmm. So and again, the problem of 80s movies casting much older people to play younger people. I So I can't pinpoint it. It seems like he's trying to cover up because Leslie's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to this birthday party. What they're actually doing is they're they're staying inside the mall overnight in the furniture store to essentially have an orgy <laughs> that's kind of the the it I, that's the, the i mean it's it's kind of a weird one because we'll we'll get to the furniture store scene but i'm not sure like the plan here the this party plan was was a little little bizarre they're not really swinging they're kind they're of not, monogamously sleeping having sex, sex within near each eight other. feet of each other yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> which i thought was so funny it seems like a weird comfortability for people to have, especially mm. when you start considering the interactions with each other. So let's. Yeah. let's uh, and also, we'll, we'll, one of the two of these people are on their first date. 
It's a blind first oh, date. Oh, yes. Dating yeah. people on the first date. Yeah. So, And that's our, our main our protagonist, character, yeah. uh, Allison and Ferdy. And are Ferdy, the two yeah. are sort of the, the, the nerdy ones or whatever. Um, and the thing about that is that, yeah, they're on a first date. They don't have sex. Allison, here's a good behind the scenes story. And this is where we get two different versions of a story from our two creators. So we have uh, Jim Wynorski, who is director and one of the writers. We have Steve Mitchell. So Steve Mitchell says that they originally hired uh, another actress. She was on Airwolf. I forget her name, but they originally hired the actress from Airwolf. She was going to be Allison. And when she told them, she was like, look, I don't want to do any like sex things or be naked in the movie. Jim Wynorski was just like, nah, she's out. Let's get this Kelly Maroney girl. I worked with her in another movie. She's up for anything. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Kelly Maroney barely takes her like cardigan yeah. off. She kisses a dude and that's about yeah. it. She never does any, the se- most any sexual shit. Yeah, the the 100% the most dressed. Never gets naked. Never really does any of that stuff. So the other person being fired makes no sense. And then we get Jim Wynorski's version of it uh, was not that the other person was fired to replace her for not doing the sex stuff. He wanted Kelly Rohde because he wanted to date her. So he just wanted to date Kelly Rohde. So I'm wondering if the sex things that he's talking about were off camera, (laughs) which is upsetting in its own way. But there's a little trivia for you. Fantastic. Um, So, yeah, so we we meet all of our people. We also get. So before we before we meet everyone, though, we do get the lightning storm. Because that, that yes. is directly follows our, uh, our our two leading ladies in the um, in the pizzeria. We get we get the completely no rain yeah. <laughs> lightning storm. Yeah. No, well, uh, it's, it's Los Angeles. It can't rain. Oh, it can't rain. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's you know, it's a fair point. Um, but yeah, so we have a lightning storm. So they effectively get they effectively become psychopathic robots the yeah. same way that Johnny Five becomes good. <laughs> Just the reverse. Yeah, yeah. So there's it's in a, like an antenna tower almost or their their control node on the top of the mm. building that gets struck by lightning like four times. There's a bunch of lightning strikes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then you, you kind of see them come to life. It gave me a little bit of Frankenstein vibes with it, like just yeah. because before that, you don't really get to see any of their personality. But then as kind of as soon as they boot up here. You know, you get the, all, you get them kind of looking they're around. They're all knowing, like, yeah, yeah they kind of look like, at each hey, other and they're like, hey. how about we fuck some yeah. shit up? <laughs> so, and Let's this, do murder. And, so there's a, there's sort of this, like, control room, like, security area with a bunch of, like, you know, typical looking science fiction computer shit. <laughs> it looks like, it's like a, a leftover room that they cut from war games or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who's the technician for the robots that's supposed to be there uh, during the day and he's in a lab coat. And the guy who also works with him is in a lab coat. And I couldn't make heads or tails of that because <laughs> they're not doing anything that constitutes a lab coat. It's just one of these funny like, oh, they're scientists. They have to have lab coats Clearly. on. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you pointed that out because I didn't even realize it. My brain just was just like, yeah, check, check the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Does science has lab coat? Yeah. Checks Perfect. out. And then he's... Is he reading a newspaper or like a nudie magazine? I can't so he's remember what the first of them at. is reading. Yeah, he's reading a nudie magazine because it's got like the fold out. Oh, OK, because he does the fold out and the fold then out. The, claw, the, claw. the robot claw bursts through the fold out and, and murders him. So one of the fun things that I noticed, and this was kind of on the, the second watch through that I did, was this movie really does conform to that slasher trope of if you have sex or are involved with sex in some way you're going to die. Mm. 
Because, spoiler alert, most of these people die in this movie. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this guy is the first of it. And he's, yeah, he's looking at his, he's looking at his topless model and the claw, the claw gets him. Honestly, though, the, my favorite, favorite part of that scene is just before that, where you have protre- Protector 1 in front here. And he just looks at the other two. And he just looks at them like, hey, guys watch me absolutely destroy this man, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just like, you want to see this. You want to see what I'm going to do They say so much with saying they, nothing They really all. do, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's our first death. That's where we're, where, where things are starting to pick up. Also, just at, at this point in the movie was when I noticed that I loved the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, it's like kind of, it. it's, and there's a lot, a lot of times this happens in these mm-hmm. movies because everyone could get their hands on a synthesizer. That's but it. it's always this like diet John Carpenter mm-hmm. kind of soundtrack. But this is one of the better ones. This like main song, I'm pretty like that comes kind of comes. It comes the through a lot of the robot chase themes. Yeah, uh, is it's been re-released like a number of times on on vinyl. I think by that uh, composer. Um, I might have the. Uh, Chuck Cyrano, I think I have that here as the as the music by. So I say that's who it is. And this is the they and of course Roger Corman you got to recycle things. He used this for Deathstalker two as well. So the song oh, okay. is, is repurposed at least one other time that I've found. I've not watched through all of the Deathstalker series. It's certainly what one would describe a series of sequels with diminishing results. <laughs> 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 but yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of great music in that John Carpenter vein. I also noticed that as well. That I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of it. And again, yeah. So we start to we kind of meet. All the the eight people, yeah, yeah, um, and and I think now oh, analyzing this, you, you start to realize where a lot of those cuts were made. That I think it's a lot of this setting people up, and you're not sure who's gonna die because of how much backstory is probably giving it. Because we're still mm-hmm. getting a lot. We still get a lot of like backstory, and and like people are kind of looking forward to things, and that's kind of the trick in movies like this to 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 make you either feel something or think they're gonna make it out because they're setting things up that eventually will be thrown aside because they get murdered yes um and so i think a lot of our cutscenes probably come from here I mean, I, i'm i'm kind of glad though because oh, the, yeah. the the scene that's that's after the technician murder scene is the you you meet the boys right you meet the boys in the furniture store yeah and this was for me this was the most kind of cliched of the scenes in the movie where we kind of have we've got our our jerk Who's he was, you know, he's, he's a bit of the jock. He, he'd be the oh, jock yeah. in, in the, most the, movies. Chewing gum. Chewing gum. And every, in every, every scene, scene that he's in. So he, Mike. That's his, that was his choice, by the way. Was it? Uh, yeah. Him. I think it's him and another one of the guys, not Bertie, but the other, the other Greg. guy, Greg, that's Greg, in yeah. that scene. They both basically ad lib most of their lines. There was really wasn't much of a script for them to do. But yeah, the gum was completely his decision. And nice. like, he's just. He's literally chewing yeah. every scene but i i, I continue yeah please continue yeah. i do agree with you it does feel like it, it, it's the least self-aware yes movie. yeah at the same time and i i think maybe the cuts really help this but it's not too over the top i don't hate mike i don't hate no mike. and greg, greg seems kind of like the normal middleman and then you have ferdy as the big nerd right yeah and these are very these are characters you see in so many movies uh and, and you recognize them right away you've got the, the of course ferdy has his glasses yeah. they're trying um, to take his glasses out they, from yeah. one point to she's all that him yes. and then he puts them back on he probably <laughs> needs those to see yeah. don't take his glasses <laughs> yeah. don't do that to someone yeah. i it took me forever to realize what his name was because I was, I was like, "What are they saying?" I had to yeah, look it up. I also uh, looked it up, and because I and I was like, "I guess it's short for Ferdinand," mm. but he's only credited as Ferdy. Ferdy yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 
I was I made a little note to be like that's not a name that any person who has ever lived ever has had. That's just not it's not yeah. a name. Uh, but I do like it as a short for Ferdinand. So that's probably it. Yeah. And did you find so Mike's got his, his chewing gum? I found his chin very distracting throughout throughout the early part oh, of the movie I, I i don't know what it was and and like i'm not making fun of him here like the dude's just got a very strong chin he line does. he's got a chin and a half that's from chewing all that gum yeah, probably <laughs> and like i wish i had a bit of a stronger chin line but this man is almost like joker-esque in his in it his is, chin. yeah and I, he, I found it distracting in all the scenes he was in i just couldn't stop that's funny no that wasn't something that i noticed i think the thing that kept distracting me the most was that i routinely forgot there was eight of them and i thought it was only six so there'd be like certain times where i was like wait oh no right yeah there's there's more of them yeah. <laughs> they're just multiplying <laughs> so yeah so we meet all of them and and i agree with you what you said about him like he is like a typical jock but no one's being like bullied everyone no. seems to be they're friends they're, they're inclusive and yeah. again more confusion as to the age of these people because yes. if they're supposed to be younger then you, there probably would be more animosity within the group. Whereas mm -hmm. if they're older, there isn't. And they all seem to be completely fine with each other. In fact, encouraging each other to have a good time. And, yeah. And it seems okay. So and this brings us to, well, I, I can't remember if we meet the janitor before or after this. Um, so the janitor comes in a little bit. So we get we get the, the furniture store th scene. Then we get uh, Leslie and Mike and Leslie's dad, which is just that weird little 30 second scene that really comes to yeah, nothing. But it she, introduces us to Leslie. It does introduce so. us to Leslie. She lies that she's going to a yeah. birthday party, but they're staying in the store in, in the yeah. furniture store. for yeah. their, their little party. Um, so yeah. Again, yeah. Weird. I don't get it. No, <laughs> but, it, but like, you know what? It's, a, it's I, an I, intro scene. It doesn't go on too long. It's, yeah, it's fine. Sure. And then we get uh, the the pizza shop girls uh, get changed. And they're they're talking about the party to share some hairspray. It's very it's a very 80s kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, walk to the to the furniture store for the party. Uh, but then we get the next technician up and I have oh, questions yes. about this. I forgot so, that so yeah. So the, the technician comes in uh, the second tech uh, notices his buddy's not there, thinks that maybe he's just fucked off somewhere. What I want to know, though, is the, the robots clearly cleaned the crime scene and moved his yeah. body. Not only move the body, they would have had to clean up the blood, but yeah. I guess they are, they probably have other, vis like, not vestigial, but they probably have other functions. They probably can mop a little bit or something, yeah, maybe, yeah. but, and like, they did a good job. <laughs> where, where was that in our sales pitch? Because if I'm if I'm one of the mall employees and I hear that these things can do janitor duties mm -hmm. as well, I'm, I'm much more Which interested. it should, because when we get to the janitor scene, I have notes about what that <laughs> okay. janitor was doing to that fucking Okay, floor. thank you. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. so the... the the second technician scene is it's very much kind of same as the first a little bit, right? He's he's got his book. There's a bit that they do in this scene though where the he keeps looking backwards because he kind of like he can feel yeah, that the, there's the, like the something robot, up. like opens up yeah. the area where it has like it's a little dark. A, it has hatch. that grappling hook yes. thing I talked about the Batman action figure level grappling hook that like kind of like hides it. Also, I will say that book uh, was edited by the director. So that's why another again, there's like shitloads of these like kind of things like top heavy, uh, these like kind of like weird cameos and references. So okay. he edited that book. It's about it's uh, they, they it's came about from 12, outer space. Yeah, 12 movies, 12 that, movies that were adapted. And I one looked, of them had to I think is up. called Racer. And that's what became Death Race 2000, which is a Roger Corman class. OK, so okay. that so again, it's just these weird little callbacks. Like, I love uh, that. Things like that. Yeah. 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 So that bit a long time ago, I worked as a children's librarian. And I have to say, if you ever want a bit that kills with kids 
like ages like zero to six <laughs> the there is something behind you you turn around and it disappears yeah. is the bit to do uh, i used to do puppet shows and i would come out I'd be i did not know this yeah yeah you, i am uh, my life is richer because of it, i have to say <laughs> i did puppet shows with kids and i would be out front and we had the puppet show was built into the wall so i would i would mm. open up these these kind of stage doors yeah. and i would be talking to the kids out front and my co-worker would be in back with the puppets and we would do this bit we do it every time every time where a puppet would pop up and you know i would be telling them guys i don't know are we gonna have a show today i haven't seen any of the puppets i'm really worried we got to start the show and then of course one of the puppets would pop up and then the kids would be like there it's there it's there it's behind you and i'd turn around of course <laughs> it'd be gone and if you ever want to see a hundred preschoolers lose their minds <laughs> laughing that's the bit you do yeah, it, um it, it will never not be funny that's amazing. I love it. So, yes. Yeah, so after this uh, right behind you bit, we get um, I think this is uh, they go for the they go for the. Gra the or, oh, no, it's the grappling hook. It yeah. shoots the grappling hook out yeah. at the back of his head and then pulls his head back yeah. and like snaps his neck. I was really impressed with that kill. I was like the fact that we already had like a such a variety between the first two. Mm -hmm. And that's like the hallmark of and it's a, it's a very slasher esque movie. So I'll usually just probably refer to it as the slasher it follows the, yeah. the, the tropes. That's a hallmark of a great slasher. If the first two kills already are have variety and difference in them, that I'm like, I'm already in. So, you know, so yeah, I did love that. Uh, and then I think it's after that that we see our janitor because we're getting close to the, the mall is closed, but the mall hasn't gotten to steel doors, seal everything in tight yet. Yes. Uh, so uh, I think we get to our janitor or are we... Uh, so we, we start with the party because we, we get the, oh, okay. um, the, the kind of the first of the mattress or the I guess it's a home furnishing store. They sell other things yeah. uh, that that scene where there's there's uh, kind of where this is where we get our first little bit of nudity from from the actors and the actresses here. This is when they're dancing. This is. Oh, sorry. No, this is when they're dancing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, this is when they're dancing. Because yeah. I remember because I, I remember looking at them and being like, I don't think they're dancing to the song that's playing now <laughs> i think they played some other song which is a roger corman thing uh he did another movie called uh stripped to kill he was just the producer of it but it's he did a movie called stripped to kill and in that the strippers all dance to popular songs that they then replace with whatever songs they could afford and it's very obvious so i was like <laughs> i think that's what they did and the song that they use uh, where it's like street walking that's another friggin roger corman movie called street walking which i did watch i saw it i was like it was like a sunday afternoon and i was on amazon prime and i was like i will watch this trashy movie about escorts i uh, thank you very much <laughs> uh but that was funny I, I i hadn't caught that the other times that i've seen this movie and then i heard that song and i was like oh my god that is from street walking it's literally in the title um but then they're also yeah dancing they're all dancing differently from each other and mm -hmm. clearly to a different song is this the same part where the two are kissing and she keeps saying hi to yes. him okay that drove me nuts because i've had that happen to me in real life i have too <laughs> so, why I have does too. it happen well, why I, is that? I literally like because it's a joke in i think forgetting sarah marshall it's a joke yeah. that she keeps doing the, the girl that does that too but i literally had that happen when I was a teenager, a girl just keep doing that like high thing. And I was just like, what is happening? My, my <laughs> wife has done that to me more than once. Oh my God. More than once. <laughs> and the, in the moment though, 
all you know to say is hi, right? Yeah. So it, it happens. It happens yeah. just like that. And yeah. then like, yeah, you, you, they didn't you, seem you upset could, about it. Though. No, they just no. they just went right. You know to what? Town. I, I gotta say, this is a good point to mention because all the characters are together. Everyone's arrived. We didn't really mention yeah. Linda and Rick's uh, arrival scene, I don't but they, they were their arrival. So they honest. they were fixing their blue. truck. Because they're both oh, mechanics, right? Yes, I actually they were really outside. Yeah, I like that scene. I like that yeah, scene. That actually was good because yeah, he it gave them a little bit of depth right off the bat, right? It set them well, up as, it, as different from the the others, right? And and it they're trying to trick a, us into them being the main character. Yes, because they're the most competent. They are like, very the, much their the entire most time on screen. Yeah. They're the most competent. They they you know they're, they're always yeah they're always exuding the confidence. They're usually mm-hmm. leading the charge for the most part. Yeah, and. This scene, though, with with the party and then you you kind of get into the um, the silliness of like the sex in, in different beds, like across the, the room from each disgusting. other is really it's weird. Di- like, it would and put it's me not off. that they're near each other. I don't care about that. Yeah. It's that I think about that scene every time when I used to work retail and and we sold furniture and people would come in and they mm-hmm. would want the mattress that was on they would. display. It's not wrapped in plastic anymore. They want the mattress on display. All I would think of is this scene. And the fact that like they're, when they when the earlier scene when we introduced the, the guys in the furniture store and they're like, I got the beer. We got the clean sheets. Yeah. And I was like, they didn't put the clean sheets on. They didn't no, they change didn't. anything. Two of them are having sex on a couch. The sheet is draped over the back of the couch, no. not on the seating part that they're fucking on. <laughs> I was like, this is disgusting. It's so gross, man. When I used to work retail, I worked at the Bay for a long time. Oh, boy. And yeah. man, the the stuff that goes down in big box stores, but just yeah. like any store like that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It is the store I worked at mainly catered to the military. So multiple times there was guys that had been away for a long time came back or had to move here and they were like, well, we're going to come buy a new bed because we just moved here. And they would get the guy would get on the bed and pretend to have sex on the on the bed to be like, look, oh, yeah, it rocks around real good. I've witnessed that multiple times. Someone wanted to buy that mattress. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I I would sell it to them because I well, hate them. But I, <laughs> I was like, fuck you. It's retail. Yeah. But that I think of this all the time yeah. that it's like, think about what has happened mm-hmm. even in even if they haven't had sex on it other weird shits happen to display furniture don't yeah. buy it ever yeah <laughs> like go go with the clear conscience of finding a couch on the side yeah. of the road you can at least you know it it was taken out of the house its memories have been wiped clean That's, <laughs> you know you can at yeah. least trick yourself into you that. Can, yeah and this is this is the part where we've got yeah we've got all the the couples doing their coupling wherever they want uh yeah. and then you've got allison and ferdy watching one of my favorite 50s B monster movies of all times, which is Attack of the Crab Monsters. Which is Roger Corman. Is it all, it's, it's also, Roger, of course, yeah, it, what, it's, it's why, a, why would yeah, I have why ever thought it, anything why would it different? Not be, yeah, yeah. But it's a Roger Corman uh, movie. I, I don't know if I've seen it. Has okay. MST3K ever done it? Because like, it seems like, a, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of aware of a lot mm-hmm. of 1950s sci-fi, but I'm, I, a lot of what I've seen tends is, to be msc3k yeah. episodes as yeah. opposed to actually sitting that down one, to watch I it alone. i don't think so yeah. i've watched it on my own because it looked like fun and it was it was tremendous fun yeah i'm a big fan of anything that has just any like the big silly practical effects yeah, right giant like, I love mantis the, is my go-to oh, okay, for yeah, one that yeah. i've i have watched as its own because yeah, i remember there was one. um i don't know if you remember them if i showed you a picture you might remember but I, in the library at my school when i was a kid like an elementary school they would have these books. They would have like an orange cover and it would be like 
Dracula, like Bela Lugosi's Dracula or, you know, the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. That sounds and so familiar. And then inside, it would kind of like talk about the movie and there'd be pictures from the movie and they'd be like thin, like a, like a kid's yes. picture book, but they weren't. Yeah, I used to get those. Yeah. So I remember that's how I found out about Godzilla. That's how I found out about these old movies and about the giant mantis. So that's kind of like a how I knew about that and went to that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's funny that you you knew the crab people <laughs> one. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it. But yeah, they're there watching the crab monster movie. Well, there's like audible fucking going oh, yeah, on behind yeah. them because I, I I feel like we've already kind of scooted around to each uh, couple, or we yes. do soon because we have the married couple, uh, Linda and. Linda and Rick. Linda yep. and Rick. They're married. They have an uh, like a automobile like garage mm-hmm. like shop. Uh, and they're talking about how that's working out. Uh, we go over to Mike and Leslie, yeah. and Mike wants to go down on Leslie, and she's like, "Don't." She's like, and "I don't allow that." And he's yeah. like, "But last week, yeah, <laughs> well, really last funny. week he probably didn't have yeah. gum in his mouth when he was that's trying fair. to do it. So that's at least that much because they definitely." There, I think before that, we're making out while he had the gum yes. in his mouth, which is nasty as fuck. And then the other two. So the two that are on the couch, we get that really weird scene of them like starting to get busy and she gets up and starts humming this weird song yes. as she's taking her shirt off. And I was like, this is like from another movie. This woman's a serial killer in another movie. There was a couple times and I think the other time was in the vent later, but there was like times where I was like, this person is just a serial killer woman from another movie. They just took a lift at a page. And oh my put God, it in the that would, that would explain those scenes. I figured it was just a very, very loose reason to give us a full frontal for her. Oh, for sure. Well, I think she but already I, had I love to the do the full frontal. I think yeah. it was her choice to do the humming and like, it's almost the, yeah. it's like her version of that. Cause there's a, there's clearly a lot of, as we know, mm-hmm. two of the actors were ad-libbing most of the time. I think there's a lot of just, choices that actors were allowed to make while doing a, yeah. this movie so i yeah. think that's what that's what i think it's, it's a perfect description though because going through that it was it was a little bit of the banana except it didn't have that energy at all no it was more of like the like weird, she's got an she's ice like pick humming, in her bra she's like, like humming like a nursery rhyme yeah. <laughs> it's really strange it's the kind of thing that i expect to hear when i'm playing phasmophobia and the ghost is yes. coming right like it's it's that yep. but in the meantime our allison and ferdy are really hitting it off Something I can appreciate about uh, a movie from this time, again, is there seems to be no one forcing themselves on each other. Everyone's already a couple, and the people that aren't are, like, having a nice time. Yeah. She makes the gag about, he was like, do you want some wine? She makes the gag about trying to get him drunk, and he gets all awkward, you know, and they kiss. He's like, you know, oh, we can get out of here. I can just give you a ride home, mm-hmm. you know? So it was actually nice seeing some of that stuff, like, from an yeah. era where in, I'm sure in the exact same year, we could find a movie that has a bunch of awful heinous shit oh, that they think is acceptable so, this you know, movie nice. i thought it was incredible that i genuinely liked the eight characters yeah i genuinely no, thought yeah, that they, they were they came across as pseudo normal ish yeah. believable and just not terrible yeah they were they were all just like it was the kind of thing where we don't get to know them that well mm. but from what i saw of them i was just like yeah this is a crew that seems fun yeah right and so now, finally, the thing that I have been wanting so badly to talk about because I gagged out loud. I wanted to throw up. I had to hold my hand up over the screen and it's not even a fucking death. It's this janitor who is another one of our Roger Corman references. Most people would recognize this guy as the snowplow driver from Gremlins. 
Oh, um, that's where I've seen him. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's Dick Miller, and he was in Gremlins and Gremlins 2, actually. So he's in both yes. as the same yes. character, and that's what most people recognize him from. So, and I, he's from A Bucket of Blood, which is from 59, and that's not a movie I've seen. But this is a kind of a reoccurring thing, I think, that has happened through other uh, movies, is that he kind of re- he plays the same character from Bucket of Blood and pops up and dies or something like that. So it's another one of our Corman references. But he's a janitor in the mall cleaning a spot on the floor that seemingly had nothing wrong with it. And then it looks way worse when he starts cleaning it because it shows him like wringing out the mop in what I can only describe as very, very watery clam chowder. Yes. Is what it looks like. It looks like he's adding puke to the floor floor. because there's chunks. There's weird chunks, like cubed things that looks like a weird like chowder or something. And I was fucking gross it was so disgusting easily the most disgusting part of the film by leaps and bounds and someone's head explodes (laughs) but it's the most (laughs) disgusting part of the movie uh i love that the other two janitors walk up already holding open beers (laughs) what is this weird janitor hierarchy thing because this is like the the one scene of bullying (laughs) that that is in this movie really is the janitors bullying the other janitor Uh you have to clean up this spot of the floor Motherfuckers, you were cleaning something else in this building 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it was pretty fun. But yeah, that I really focused on the fact that they walked up already with open beers. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, they bully uh, Dick Miller and, and then leave. And I think it's right after that, or maybe we cut around a little bit, but it's right after that that one of the protectors shows up mm-hmm. and he tries to. They, everyone in the mall is supposed to have a like badge that the protectors will look at, scan. Um, he tries to use it, doesn't work. And the protector uses like little shootout electrical charges to electrocute. Well, it knocks over the mop bucket and spills all that yeah. real corn chowder grossness. And that's what I was holding my hand up over because I literally was like, like <laughs> dry heaving sitting there watching it because I was like, I can't look at this. I can't do it. And then he gets uh, electrocuted to death. So we yeah. are, we're up to three, uh, a body count of three. And again, more variety. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's another death that kind of plays into the comedy angle because when it when it shoots out, it's it's I I think it was the little grappling thing because I think it also shoots like it, it can hold like an electric charge or something. Oh, I was never really oh, sure okay, about yeah. that. But, if, yeah, they probably it, use it for both. Yeah, so they don't yeah. Have two different but it effects, only it yeah. only shoots out like three feet and it like lands in front of him and he's just like, what, like, what do you do? Like, why? Yeah. What are you doing? Here? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then it gets him and it yeah it, it electrocutes him. And, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I like that scene. I I kept thinking about the 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 weird janitor hierarchy in this mall though that was that was kind <laughs> yeah. of another thing i was my takeaway there and then we then we get to the scene of course with mike mike's going down for cigarettes this is this is oh, our first yeah. of our our core crew yes to bite so the yeah dog. so yeah. leslie uh is like frantically searching for cigarettes yes. and he said i do love that he's like well there's some marlboro reds under the counter and she's like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> fuck who cares? Yeah. No, I don't think. Uh, well, I guess somebody who has a boyfriend that she can send out on errands yeah. probably won't settle for Mar- Marlboro Reds. But like I, as a person who who smokes and doesn't want to, I'll smoke the damn smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I used to smoke Paul Malls. Those were like the cheapest cigarettes. Oh, God. Yeah. And I remember uh, I, <laughs> I remember I used to work for uh, Future Shop, which for anybody who doesn't know, was like Canadian Best Buy for, for many years. And I would work the midnight launches for video games. And one of we were working the Diablo three midnight launch. And I was the guy who always dressed up. So I had a cape and like a devil mask, like a half like domino style, like half devil mask. And I'm outside while people are like lined up at midnight, some with their kids. 
just smoking cigarettes. But somebody saw me pull out the Paul Mall package and someone was like, of course the devil smokes Paul Malls. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we're going to get into the first of our core people Mm -hmm. uh, about to meet the protectors. But I think we're up for a little break. Yes, yes, we'll take a break and then we will be right back with some more of Chopping Mall. Hi, cultists. Nathan here to tell you a little bit about my company, Vox Crow Productions. We're a group of audio producers who would love to help you on your next project. Whether that's a commercial, an audiobook, or maybe even a podcast. Our team has backgrounds in radio, voice acting, editing, podcast production, audio for video, and much more. Check us out at voxcrow.ca for more information. And while you're there, have a peek at our other podcasts. Some of them might even let you hear more of me. Now, let's get back to the movie. All right, we are back to talk about (laughs) our our main core people who are now going to start to suffer at the hands of the robots. So I I think the, the doors... I believe have shut now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ferdy kept trying to get, take Allison home. He was like, "Well, you know, in like an hour, the doors are going to shut. Oh, in like fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes, yeah, uh, the doors are going to shut." And she kept wanting to stay. Um, so uh, uh, our character here, who I'm trying to remember his name, Mike. Uh, Mike, yes, thank you. So Mike has uh, taken off to go find cigarettes, and it's one of those old cigarette machines. I mm-hmm. think I've maybe seen one one time in the states. I've n- yeah. I've never seen one like <laughs> seen them prevalent anywhere, but they were at one time. And a couple of things about this: if he had just been a little quicker, he yep. probably would have made it back with the cigarettes. But he's like he's there so long, thinking someone's coming. He like looks over his shoulder like yeah. three times. He checks like down the hallway. So what I was curious about in this position because the the camera kind of it moves in and out, like the camera is hiding from him in mm. in one of these scenes. And I was like, are we seeing? Is this killbot view POV, that we're seeing here? Yeah. And if that's the case. I love that they're because it, it, several times in this movie, they they hide and they sneak up on people. And I love the idea of like just these robots just playing with them. Just yeah. being like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to get you. But like, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I don't want you to see me coming. And again, what we said that they're so loud every time they're on screen. How did it show up there without hearing the yeah. sound of it like arriving? But also when he is uh, uh, there at the cigarette machine, he's looked behind himself a few times. Mm-hmm. He looks at what should be his own reflection in the cigarette machine to check his hair, but it's so, it, I don't think it's a reflective surface. He seems to be checking his hair in its shadow, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and then the the protector shows up. We get a reference not to a Roger Corman movie, but to the day the earth stood still. Because when he shows mm-hmm. the, he tries to show his badge to the, the robot and says Klaatu, Verata, Nikto or whatever, uh, which is from Day the Year Stood Still and, and predating Army of Darkness's use of it. <laughs> uh, but then he gets cornered by the robot up to a fire door, which doesn't open, open. which that, means that the, the, the yeah. OSHA is going to have some problems yeah. with this mall. Well, we saw in the early mall montage that there were several things, right? The girl tries to put a tray down on a missing table. And uh, so there's a there's several things about this mall that maybe they should have spent money on before they bought the robots. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like and the, the, the blast doors. This one, though, this is the, the start of my absolute favorite part of this movie. And that is the many times when robots corner people or, or come across them. 
and they throw their two little claws up in the oh, air. Yeah, yeah. You want to go? Yeah. You want to go? And, fun? And honestly, it, it just makes them seem so joyful. They're just like, found you. Yeah, and yeah. It, it gave them so much character for me because I, I every time I looked at it, I imagined the robot just being like, claws up, let's murder. Yeah. And, and going for it. And so it was, it was great. Although this is the death that I think I like the least in the movie. Yeah. Well, we don't really see it. It's another mm-hmm. he, claw death. Yeah. Um, but so they shoot him with a, a sleeper dart, which like immediately puts him oh, out. He just did, and yeah. then the claw sort of, well, the claw goes in at his throat yeah. and the camera stays on it too long because we see the claw close like near his throat, but <laughs> yeah. not really getting it. Uh, and, and it's implied that he's uh, dead. So then mm-hmm. Leslie, who has not gotten her nicotine fix, goes out to look for him in the in the mall. And then ends up finding his body, which they propped up in a different spot. Yeah, so I, I guess we know they're already choice. capable of moving yeah. bodies, but they propped up the body like they're Michael Myers making a tableau. That protector got lazy, though, right? Yeah. The other one, it was right out of sight. Like this one, he just found a little darker corner yeah. to, to, to <laughs> stash him in, right? So then Leslie finds him. His throat has been slashed and we get uh, a bit of blood. But then again, the the protector then bursts out of that fire door that wouldn't open a minute ago with the arms up. Yep. And uh, we that's when it's our first instance of the lasers that they're capable yes. of shooting. So we get the lasers with a very classic sound, which I'm sure is in like every sci-fi movie from the 80s of them shooting. And the lasers have a wildly disproportionate uh, effect yes, uh, depending on what that. or who they're shooting. Because as Leslie is screaming, being chased by the robot and running back to the furniture store, I she's hit at least once in the ass because they zoom in on her her Playboy underwear and and the the Playboy symbol is specifically targeted by the laser and 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 not much happens to her if anything at all. Yeah, it's not until she makes it back to the mattress store with and, and so everyone can see this. Oh, that, that, that they, they, they the robot turns himself up to eleven here. <laughs> her fucking head explodes. Yeah, great head explosion. Good by head the way. One of the best that I, I think uh, I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, also, we get a nice shot of it. A nice shocking moment at that point too, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen these things kill now four times. Yeah, and we've gotten three three claw deaths and an electrocution. And we've mm. we saw it shoot the lasers, but the lasers didn't seem to do a whole lot. Yeah. But then things escalate very quickly with that, right? And that that's really what kicks off I what I consider to be kind of the the main meat of, of the movie, the chases yeah. and the but it what a what a scene. It was a good one. Oh yeah, great head explosion, blood sprays onto like the the glass doors of the furniture store, everyone's screaming. And then the 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 robots like burst through uh, the door. Ever, that ever, everyone like runs away. They yeah. burst through the doors. And this is when they're shooting the lasers. And again, more discrepancy of how powerful the lasers are because sometimes they're shooting them, and the couch will explode. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it just knocks a lamp over. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, that scene is so fantastic because you get yeah you get Protector One that calls in his buddy. I think Protector Two, mm. and they storm this thing. And all I could think about was Danny DeVito as Frank from Always Sunny in his quote. Anyway, so, I, so I, then I started blasting because <laughs> yeah. they they don't aim. They don't. Yeah. These robots are just having the time of their life, just yeah. blasting everything in this store. There is not a single thing, I think, that, that escapes getting at least one laser, yeah. except our kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So and yeah, they managed to make it into a back room, shut the door. And again, they're shooting this metal door and it's like not blowing up. Oh, yeah, or it, was, anything. it was just they completely. Just, they just stay yeah. there. So the, the, the characters then their plan is to get up into the air duct vents and climb down to the 
the parking garage, which is insane because eventually you're just going to hit a massive drop. I don't know what the real plan was. It's not going to just gradually go down like a like a hamster tube. So I don't know if it really was the best decision. They only managed to get the girls up in there and the guys are then separated. And this is where we start getting out in the mall. We start seeing a lot of the store names that mm-hmm. I'm like, not sure if they're real, like licorice pizza, Peckinpah's the sporting goods store is not real. That's a reference to Sam Peckinpah, the director, because as I was watching, I was like, was that a like a sporting goods store like at the time? But I also love like the very because like we don't have this in Canada, the very American just guns not behind a counter. They're just on shelf like tank, an yeah. end cap rack with the bullets and shells yeah. all right next to it. And not not just not just your sporting guns either, right? So Greg Greg takes a shotgun, which okay, it's it's a you know a hunting sporting goods store, sure thing. Uh, Ferdy takes a forty four revolver straight out of Dirty Harry, which he kind makes of makes a reference yeah. to. He, sa- he says he saw it forty seven times or something yeah, like yeah. that, which is I've seen Dirty Harry. Too many times. (laughs) That's too many times to watch that movie. Uh, Despite the very uh, amazing performance from the villain who... Oh, Oh, he was good. I'm forgetting his name. Andrew... Oh, Andrew something. Because he plays Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He's the villain in that movie. Oh, I didn't Um, realize that. But uh, so, yeah. So they get their guns. They they start pulling out some of the one-liners. I think they uh, get some... They get like a propane tank or whatever yeah to try and fight one yeah. of the we the get it we get a very nice scene of them walking out into the mall itself with, with going full rainbow yeah. style right they've got we've got uh was it rick with the assault rifle yeah. greg greg with the shotgun and and uh ferdy with a, a propane tank and a great and i i like that you know you look at them and you're just like, what is the propane tank? And then they use it right away in the, yeah. in the next scene. And, so and unfortunately, perfect. to not much effect. No it effect does seem really like they took all. it out because it's like you're watching. It's like, oh, well, this is going to be a breeze. But yeah. no, un- a propane explosion is not enough to take down this small security robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it w- was more effective, however, than than the girls Molotovs coming up. Yes. Which were entirely not noticed by the, uh, the kill bot. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so the, and, and I think during this, say, I think at the same time, the girls are crawling through the vent Yes, and, uh, one of them, uh, starts having a, Leslie starts having, no, not Leslie, uh, uh Susie, Susie starts having a freak out cause they're mm-hmm. turning the, the robots, which I think also now have wireless access to all controls in the mall yes. have been turning the heat up. So the vent is like the, the, the duct they're cla- crawling through is, is far too hot and they have to get out of it. And that's yeah. what leads to them. And trying to make Molotovs. I, I understand where Susie is coming from here. And, 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 and I she she does come across as a little bit whiny mm. in service to the plot because they have to get back into the mall to, to move the plot along. But I would be hurt in that situation. I am, I am mildly <laughs> yeah. claustrophobic. Yeah. I don't like in those kind of enclosed spaces. It would be dark in there. It's lit very well in the oh, movie, yeah. but like there'd be no lights in there at all. And, and they're they're very well lit there, but... And just the fact that the heat would be on mm. and I'd be there like in between other people. No, no, no. That, that's my hell. Yeah. I would be I would be turning around like give me the kill bots. Yeah. I will take my chances. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be in this vent anymore. So. And, and I, I have worked in malls. I refuse to believe that there isn't a back area 
of the mall that consists of only stairs that these robots can't get up and yeah. down. You could hide until the morning. Like, I, I there feel is, they, I, they keep putting themselves out into yes. the area where the robots want to, to be and to kill. And I'm like, no, there's like a concrete hallway and some stairs with no yeah. accessibility that you could be fine in. Well, in, in, in Leslie's scene where her head explodes, they're all right there, like looking, peering through the, the, the glass. And, I feel like if they had just been back, if they had just been back, they'd have been fine, right? Because the robots aren't going into the storefronts, except that they obviously know that there are humans there now. Yeah, it was, it's one of those things that they kind of have to put themselves in jeopardy because otherwise I feel like we just have a movie where they're, they're, they're like one flight up the stairs and the robots are just bumping into the, uh, (laughs) if every, if every slasher movie had people make good decisions, we wouldn't have slasher movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't happen. So, yeah, they make an attempt on one of the robots. And then I think it's shortly after that that they is it then that they do the thing with the elevator or do they meet up with the girls? They first? meet up with the girls first because yeah. uh, the, the girls kind of come around right after that. And this is where we get Susie's death scene. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> sorry. Before that, I was going to say the the girls, we get the girls in the store kind of making those Molotovs, right? They get out mm-hmm. of the vents They're They're Linda's got them making Molotov cocktails. Uh, I Alice, was surprised that they there was on the shelf in a mall, just canisters of gasoline. I didn't know you could just buy a metal tin of gasoline in a mall. At this this mall had everything. This was your one stop shop. It's Assault true. rifles, I think, and gasoline. I think, that was, I think that was a real thing cigarettes. one time. You know, it, it was it was a big mall. It was a real mall. Yeah. But I think that was real. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they make those. Allison gives us uh, Chekhov's flare that yes. she she puts in her in her bra and then carries with her for almost enough for me to forget that it was there. Yeah. Definitely the first time. But then that's after that, um, they kind of venture out. And that's when we get the, the boys and the girls meet up again. But for Susie's death scene, because the girls run into one of the protectors yeah. and uh, very ineffectively throw the Molotov cocktail <laughs> yeah. at it. Because yeah, honestly, I like looked away for a second. And when I looked back, I was like, Oh, Susie's gone. What? I had to yeah. rewind. I was like, oh, she burst into she burst flames. Into flames. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, good variety of deaths. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fire stunt, too, because she she runs around a little it bit was an before she. Fire yeah, stunt. yeah. 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 Now, the audio was a little bit off here. This was kind of the one goof that I noticed is you hear her screams. You hear at least two distinct times of her screaming after her body has stopped moving and is just a smoking <laughs> smoking corpse on the floor so that was kind of an interesting bit but uh yeah i liked i liked that one quite a bit they shelter again in another store because that's when buddy starts to like lose it yes and he starts to have he has his little like vietnamologue pst ptsd yeah. scene <laughs> oh also one of the things that we may have forgotten too is um in the scene where we're before they go into the vents, that is where we f- get to see the robot plastic explosives, which is oh, just worth yes. mentioning because it's I hilarious. Did, I did skip over that because, yeah, yeah the, that was when they were uh, originally bar themselves in the in the back room of the yes. furniture store. And it's like shooting the little like little little gum dart. Yeah, things, and, the gum. and then like connects the wires to it and blows the door off again. A crazy thing for a non-combative robot to yeah. have that you think. Uh, nothing wrong will come from this. <laughs> yeah, no, what what's the worst that could happen, no. really? Um, but yeah, so after after Susie's untimely death, yeah, we get them holed up in. I think it was another like it was a restaurant, right? Oh, yes, it was the pizza place because the it was the pizza there. place. Yeah, again. yeah, because okay, then because yeah. that's where um, Rick and, and is it Linda? 
the she's like calculating how many she's she's calculating how much money they owe the mall for how much shit's been destroyed as if it's their fault <laughs> yeah, in I, any way. We're going to be in hock to this place for the next 85 years. How many tune-ups is that? Two million, nine hundred thousand, four hundred and thirty-one. Maybe we should raise our rates. Which I thought was. I like that pretty, she just assumes funny. that this is going to fall on them yeah. somehow. Which right? really says a lot about America, I yeah. think. Because <laughs> I, 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 something I saw about this movie is like the kind of later critical reviews of it, and and I, I love how it's worded. Let me just uh, find this here. It's been subjected to film criticism for its perceived themes of human consumption and excess during the Reagan era, which I, I love the perceived themes. Is <laughs> how it's defined. I'm like. Yeah, I don't know if they thought about that I don't kind of think thing. So. I feel that feels like the English high school teacher being like, the lamp is yellow because it represents their cowardice. And it's like, yeah. eh, the lamp just might have been yellow. Yeah, it just... was the 70s when they wrote the book, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So we have that of them yeah, calculating how many oil changes or tune-ups, that's yeah. what it was. How many tune-ups do we have to do? And it was like somewhere. 2.3 million, I think, yeah, was, the, was the rough number. amount of tune-ups to pay back this ball that is, is <laughs> at, this, at this point, been at fault at every turn. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I think one place where they could maybe get, get uh, charged for some damages is all of the storefront windows broken in this movie because it happens about a half dozen times at least. Oh, yeah. The, the, the true victim here, I think, is is any kind of glass in this movie yeah. because the number <laughs> of times they do it or the, uh, the protectors do it is just immense. And this definitely comes into where the... I mean, the, uh, just the sheer amount of, like, fire, explosions, glass breaking, and they're doing... The, the deal they had was they could film at nighttime, so they're filming all of this stuff while the mall's closed, but they had to be cleaned up for the mall to open every day at 9 a.m., and they shot there for 22 days. Uh, so, <laughs> like, all the amount of times, like, and I mean, they probably broke glass multiple times to clean mm -hmm. this up, but there was a head of security who was like, you're gonna end up causing damage that you can't just clean up in one night. But apparently the mall owner was completely on the side of the production and, and told that guy to fuck off so they could finish the nice. movie. But they do, yeah, they cause, like, a ridiculous amount of damage for a place that is then just going to have customers in a few hours, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty funny. So we and then we we do get to our our elevator scene where they they have an idea to to trap a protector in the elevator. Yeah. And this is where I got a little confused because I could have swore two protectors went in, but they only thought they got one. Did two go in or I only saw the one. OK, I thought there was just I thought there was like a cut yeah. like scene where it was like, oh, two went in, but then it was a continuity error. But yeah, yeah they're like using like tubing to like use propane to have yeah. the propane gas like go into yeah. the elevator yeah and, and i think there's we get kind of two scenes of that there's a scene where they're setting it up which is a little bit earlier it's a little bit before Susie's death and then they hear the the girl screaming and that's kind of what goes over there which i i just remembered that we kind of did out of order but the the main scene with it is is where we learn that no one can aim except for allison yeah <laughs> so they, they lure this thing in there he gets he gets trapped in there they're all going up and shooting at this propane tank there's no reason why they can't stop to aim. Yeah. No reason whatsoever. But they're, they're they seem to all be 15 feet away. Yeah. yeah. Firing <laughs> blindly at this propane tank until Allison steps up, actually takes a second and, and aims and shoots yeah. this. And apparently her dad was in the Navy. So yes. Yeah. More, um, more backstory for us. Yeah. This is this is where Allison starts to kind of put herself as the She's that main character the, yeah. and, and the the competent kind of uh, uh, protagonist here. This was great because that elevator. This is a three-story mall. Mm -hmm. 
That elevator, I believe, is on the second floor. It falls to the first floor and violently explodes. <laughs> yes. Because all the propane tanks do is is just kind of break the cord on top, right? Yeah. Like, we see the elevator fall, and then we see the explosion. And that's why I thought all the tubes was meant to, like, make sure gas went inside of the oh, elevator so it would explode. That's what I thought they were trying to do. That would make do. so much more sense. But it also was supremely ineffective yes. at killing the robot because I think that robot survives, does it not? Or is that... The, oh, no. I think that other, one... It's that the one that they thought through. they killed at the, other the first one, yeah. The other one writes back. itself. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. After they see it's robot blood, as Rick yes. says. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, they do comment that there's robot, robot blood. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, we've, we're have we we're finally down one of the three killbots at this point. Yeah. So, things aren't going great for our, our heroes here. Shortly after that, that we have Greg's, we, we have the plan, right, to go up to the third floor yeah. and shut down the computer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then and Greg kind of freaks out uh, and because, well, I mean, he's very clearly traumatized because he watched his girlfriend burn to death. Yes. But uh, <laughs> so he freaks out and he's running like 12 feet ahead of them. This is not like. They're, they're telling him to stop, slow down and everything. Yeah. He's like four strides ahead. Yeah. This is not, you know, he's, he's not gone off on his own kind of thing. He's just he's going very impetuously. Mm. He goes up the escalator. And we, we learned two we learned two kind of, of, of things here. Firstly, that the little claw arms, super strong. Yes, so just, just very, very strong. <laughs> Again, so I don't know if it's now or later, but one of them picks up like a, the propane tank and whips it at someone's head. That's a little bit later. Because right, right, yeah. I remember making a note of that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, of course, the protector sneaks up on them because they're just the stealth mode on these things is ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, he's at the top of the escalator. They're at the bottom of the escalator. He's like, the coast is clear, guys. He turns around and a protector is right up in yeah. his face. Gets right claw. up at his waist, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's, got him at, uh, it's got him at belly button level. Yeah. Staring him right in the belt. And uh, it grabs him with a single claw and just tosses him from the third floor. Yeah, right. Uh, and we edge. get we get the, a great a great death scene there with uh, with poor Greg. We also learn in this in this little kind of chase scene that happens here that the protectors can ride escalators. Because one comes oh, up. Yeah, because that yeah. was a thing I kept like thinking about. Like, I was like, they, well, but I guess it makes sense. People take strollers on them. Yeah, and stuff. I, sort but of. I, I figured that would have been like something they would use as like a a, a kryptonite for them. But I, I guess it makes sense. It is a move. It's moving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, that's so a dumb thought. That was yeah. funny. I just my only note there was they can use escalators with four uh, exclamation points. Oh, yeah. Like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, so Buddy, yeah, Buddy gets thrown over. When they were setting this stunt up, uh, the director, Jim Wynorski, wanted to try it. But he, the actual stunt by the stunt actor was done from the third floor. And he was like, set it up for me on the second floor so I can give it a shot. And he did it. He did the stunt down onto whatever the crash bag was, broke a rib <laughs> and didn't tell anybody because he didn't want the production to shut down. So he directed the rest of the movie with <laughs> a broken rib. But then I find that funny because that he didn't the fact that he didn't tell anybody and then they made the stunt double do it from a floor <laughs> higher. I mean, I guess they're trained they, and, uh, yeah. and nothing bad happened to them. But that's funny that he was just like, well, better hide this. Yeah. Yeah, this guy <laughs> might die, but fuck it. I'll hide this. But yeah, Buddy gets thrown over. We don't actually see him land, but they do cut to him uh, dead on the floor, uh, which is pretty funny. 
Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's he dies the way Marty McFly is asleep in bed in, in Back to the Future, which I, I was like, I don't think is a direct reference, but it's very similar looking. <laughs> At this point, we have the the surviving gang, which is shrunk now just to four. We've, we've got uh, Ferdy, Allison, um, Linda, and Rick yeah. here. And they now are running from the bots they hide in what seems to be another kind of like a like a big box store so like your your like sears or whatever from from the day and <laughs> it's here we we get some we get some good dialogue they they kind of hunker down for a little bit cuz they they there's a shutter that they pull down mm. and you see the protector, he, uh, the, the lead one, uh, protector, protector number one. one. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he sends, he sends the other surviving protector up to the, cause it's, it's a store that goes between two floors. So he, he sends the other one. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. they like say it too. He starts yeah. like doing the cutting and he's just like, go to the third floor yeah. or whatever. Oh, the voice of the robots, Jim Winorski, by the way. All oh, of those course. Lines is the director. Yeah. Nice. The nice, uh, the, the, the funny part about them is. Now the laser is like a like a cutting tool that he is he is cutting through yeah. the steel of the door. <laughs> yeah. And at this point in the movie, the protector bots are basically Batman, right? Like whatever tool you need, they've got, right? Yeah. And whatever situation, <laughs> if you did it in Arkham Asylum, yeah, uh, you then, can probably then, you, then, then the robot has done it in this movie for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there, there's a little bit of downtime here where we get we get a little bit of, of dialogue. Probably one of the the all timers uh, that you get from from Linda. I guess I'm just not used to being chased around a mall in the middle of the night by killer robots. <laughs> when she she snaps at Ferdy. It's, it's really really good. Uh, but this is this kind of gives us a breather between all the like the action that we just had. Yeah. And then the the protector finally gets through. Right there, they've gotta they gotta vacate, and so they they go upstairs and they confront the protector that's up there not by choice but they very sneakily they set up a bunch of mannequins fire at it and then it's firing at the mannequins and they're trying to get away yeah. but of Again, course it doesn't really blow up the mannequins no but. no it just, the mannequins get singed yeah and knocked over a bunch uh because the lasers just do random stuff for the most yeah. part in this movie but then then we get we get kind of a double death scene that comes mm. up here we get we get rick and we get linda we get linda first linda who and again, it's it's so kind of needless. Mm -hmm. Like uh, both of their deaths, both of their deaths, needless, absolutely yeah. needless. Yeah, because Linda stops yeah. and like turns around because Rick is still kind of in between. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or sorry, the the protector robot is in between Rick and Linda. Linda stops and turns around and then gets shot like yes. directly in the chest. I was watching this with my girlfriend for the first time. Uh, she had not seen it, uh, I should say. And so she was just like, she's why is she doing that? She's going to get shot. And it happened like within a second of that was that she got shot in the chest, didn't explode or leave a gaping wound or even set on fire. She just gets shot in the chest and goes down. And then Rick gets what was that? It's some sort of little. Cart. So it, Yeah, this was the funniest. <laughs> this was the funniest thing because I, I, I made a little note for this and. It was just, what was Rick's plan here? 10 out of 10 for energy, hopping into the little mall scooter. Zero out of 10 for thinking things through here, right? Yeah, like, because it, at this point, the, the, they, they did something to the robot. Yeah, they, they hit the protect, the protector. So they got it to shoot a mirror. 
with its, yes, its that's energy what blast. Yeah, I was trying to remember and, what And so there. the laser rebounds and hits it, and it starts spinning around, and that's how Linda gets shot. Is it's, right, it's yeah, spinning yeah. around. There's there's arcs of of um, electricity, electricity stuff, jumping yeah. around on it, and <laughs> so Linda goes down. Yeah, Rick. It hops in a little mall like security go kart like thing. the thing that Austin Powers like gets jammed in a hallway yes. like but smaller yeah to to try and like run it over but it's like the cart's barely bigger than the robot yeah the robot's already clearly having a time yeah. it's dying uh, and again which uh, goes back to making Linda's death so pointless mm-hmm. like they all should have just hid for a second to yes. see what happened but no she gets shot he gets in this weird little mini golf cart thing drives into it the electricity <laughs> goes right into him yep. kills him there's a small explosion and he dies and then the robot continues to freak out for a little bit longer and then, and then dies explodes, yeah. so it's like they both went down for nothing no reason no reason so yeah we're we're left then with our um our, our two ferdy and allison our, our nerdy couple and this point they're uh they're they're looking for the control room they decide to split up always a great idea ferdy even mentions yes. how bad of an idea it is but you know yep. that that's what happens and so they they look around um ferdy goes through a back room that was absolutely the the back room from when i worked in retail at the bay just like like the, yeah. the with store mannequins there's just shit everywhere from old promotions and stuff and i was like wow yeah like they just actually went into a back room to, to film oh, these yeah. scenes. it was 100 yeah. percent there, there's very little that wasn't filmed yeah. at that mall there was a couple things that were done at yeah. uh, a studio that i think roger corman had but everything else was yeah at that mall yeah and uh allison Again, I was just like she she picks up a, a like a little pipe that she finds in, yeah. in her own space. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like 10 out of 10 for the energy here, Allison. I don't think it's going to do anything, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You you fucking hit that robot with a pipe if yeah. you see him. <laughs> and again, they get snuck up on. They get, and yeah, this they is, get this is Allison gets snuck. And like this thing is right behind her. Yeah. Right. Like and she's in a back room. Right. This thing had to go through doors it had to you know and it, <laughs> it, it but it's there yeah it's something there. I, I i regret that we haven't mentioned every time but pretty much every time the robots have killed somebody they mm-hmm. say have a nice day afterwards yeah it's a good <laughs> it's a good bit i really enjoyed that but yeah they sneak up on it because i believe this is where ferdy uh finally use, really gets to use his magnum and he's like luring them away yeah. Um, and the gun runs out and then he, he classic <laughs> throws the gun at the robot yep. uh, instead of maybe quickly get running back down to that sporting goods store yep. faster than those robots can move to reload. Yeah, there were so many guns in that sporting goods store. They could have went back and like, oh, yeah, they could have literally like true Dixie Cup generation of the 80s. They could have just unloaded with a gun, threw it away and not even reloaded it. Yeah. They could have gotten another gun. Uh, but yeah, Ferdy tries to he lures the protectors away. Or one, the, the last protector, sorry, protector yeah. one. So he lures that away, throws the gun at it, is seemingly killed. And we are now. Well, oh, sorry. Don't, don't sell him short on his seeming death here because <laughs> he, he he throws the gun and then looks around, sees a fire extinguisher, takes that, throws that at the protectron. The protector, unfazed by all of the things that he has done. Oh, however, this is what it does he did. Yeah. The one, one thing that he did that is important is that he he shot out its laser eye. It's, oh, it's laser yeah, eye goes down, so it can't just it anymore. can't just shoot lasers at him. Uh, what it can do, however, is with its little claw hand, pick up <laughs> the fire extinguisher I, I made a note of this. and throw it at him with the force of a 
thousand screaming meteors. Yeah. It hits it and he just dropped. Like it was yeah. one of my, I, I saw, I've seen this movie twice now. And the first time I saw it, I laughed out loud because I was yeah. like, this is the greatest thing I've it's ever just, seen. It's how flimsy the arm is. Yeah. Like how it's, yeah, the, it's, the it's absolute a weird force little behind it. Skinny, like half inch pipe that just goes, wow. Yeah. And I had forgotten about this scene in between viewings and I, when I saw it again, I, I laughed just as hard because it, it might be my favorite part of the whole movie, but it just hits him with such, and he just drops and it's so good. <laughs> like a bag of wet cement. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and of course, Allison sees this. Um, assumes he's dead. Assumes he's dead, which is a good assumption. He's bleeding from the back of his head. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And the robot goes over to him, does its line. Thank you. Have a nice day. And uh, then she gets to begin her final girl circuit for us which and it's a good final girl circuit it is a good final girl circuit other slasher movies that i've seen that do kind of that that have this and uh it's not all of them but there's probably a 50 50 split on the final girl is usually if they are very capable up to the point of being the last person uh, and that's not all of them, but the, the ones where the final girl is very capable up to being the last person, she then immediately turns into a complete like melting mess that just cries and crawls away from the bad guy until something falls on the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I hate when that happens because it really takes away any kind of development or things that they've had. So the fact that she like goes full tilt in this and like, you know, tries to hide because um, we get to the pet store the pet uh, and store. the pet store is which I absolutely loved because all those little puppies had no idea they were in a movie. There's oh. so many. She's standing in front of a, wall, a glass wall of different small little white curly haired puppies just like what? What's going What's yeah, going on? They're just freaking what, out. What, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> what, what are you doing? What's going on? And um, a good story, actually. I'm, I'm not sure where the interview is, but I, I've heard an interview with uh, with her that was um, Maroney, the main character. I'm forgetting her. Uh, Kelly Maroney, sorry. So Kelly Maroney did an interview where she talked about that because at one point while she's being kind of uh, stalked in the pet store, which is named, it has a trivia name here. The pet store is called Roger's Little Shop of Pets. Mm-hmm. And the original Little Shop of Horrors is a Roger Corman movie. Uh, so, again, I think this is the last, at least, that I can point out of, of references to Roger Corman stuff. But, yes, so that is that. Yeah. But as she's being stalked in there, stuff is breaking. Things are being shot. And she gets covered in uh, spiders. All so many tarantulas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so many tarantulas Snakes. and a snake. I love yeah. the, uh, the close-up shot of the snake because that snake... Did not want to be in a movie. The snake like was going in between tarantulas and it ends up like whipping one of the tarantulas with its tail, like slapping it out of the way. But she gets covered in the tarantulas and she said in an interview that the pet wrangler, the animal wrangler for that was the man. He was the one who actually convinced her to do it because he brought the really big one that's on mm-hmm. her and and stuff he brought that tarantula out he said he told her the tarantula's name you know i don't remember what it was but he was like this is like sally she's worked with these other actors and actresses like famous actors been in other movies and been on other famous people and that's what actually like calmed her down and allowed her to do that scene because she's got like a bunch of tarantulas on it and they're like yeah. crawling they're, up, they're pretty crawling close out of her view face. yeah and going like under her hair and like i'm like i don't i couldn't fucking deal with that shit like i'm not that bothered by tarantulas 
yeah. completely, but like she's super brave for doing this that. This was one of the most gratuitous scenes in the movie in just that it was so wonderfully unnecessary, but I'm so glad they added it in because the protector comes in and it just knocks over all of the very precariously placed creepy crawlies of the store, yes. right? Like doesn't <laughs> yeah. accidentally let out three puppies that just like, yeah. you know, come to her. It's 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 like four snakes and like three tarantulas and stuff. And but I, I love that as a as a bit. Yeah. And I, I also like the fact that only at this late hour does anyone think of actually like hiding above or below their field of view. The protectors. Yeah, because they never seem to look up or down. I don't think they can. <laughs> yeah. And it almost works. It, it does yeah. almost work for she has. a She really does have a great circuit, though, because it is, I believe it's just after that that she is. She what does she do? She makes some noise in the, the pet store and then she has yeah. to she has to run again. And then she's hiding. She's hanging from oh the, yeah uh, yeah because she she goes and gets over the railing yes and is hanging in between the floors yeah uh, and holding herself up though at the same time i was like girl you weigh like 110 pounds you should be able to hold yourself up she's struggling to hold herself I, up because she even has footholds like she can put her feet up and doesn't do it like so, she kind of does but doesn't i used to do i used to do running training as well as some some other kind of fitness training and the only note that i had for this whole scene is it if she reversed her grip so she was holding like overhand grip if she reversed to underhand grip she would have had so much more oh, strength yeah. she could have held on for so much longer and uh so that that kind of that bothered me there but i i enjoyed all the things she, she falls a, off of that a good intent it's a good tense yes. sequence um especially for a robot as silly as the protector because mm-hmm. it kind of knows she's around so it they does. make it they make it, it just pace back and forth yeah, just, in front of that where it's like i'm gonna get this eventually yeah. i'm gonna it's just sort of looking around like he's it's got its little robot hands on its hips yeah. like I'm going to figure this out eventually. I'll uh, find you. I know yeah. you're here. Yeah. yeah. Just one of those scenes that really gives them that personality that I love so much about it. <laughs> so uh, she falls onto a very convenient like tent on the, the first floor that I think is like a, one of those like little pop up shop tents. It is. But when it shows what she landed on, I was like, no, your back is broken yeah, because yeah. she went right through the tent and then it shows her like splayed uh, out yeah right? like splayed out but like it's like there's a there's luggage it's luggage it's, oh, it's empty okay, yeah. luggage it's what's underneath her and her like head and and torso are on the floor and her, she's just like bent over like like bent over a piece of luggage like yeah. her spine would have snapped like yeah. no like she didn't land in a, i don't know even just a bunch of boxes would have made more sense yeah. she's on top of one piece of luggage after having a, a two to three story three fall, fall stopped yeah. by a tent yeah <laughs> man it's a shame shame greg couldn't have got that lucky he'd have been fine oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly uh so but then she she crawls off there so you 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 get the sense that she is hurt in some way but she's able to stand up when she gets yeah. into the paint store she, yeah. she crawls to a paint store, then she's able to stand up. It seems like she maybe either has like a broken ankle or a sprained ankle or something, but she's, yeah. she's able to kind of walk it off as you do when you fall two stories yeah. <laughs> um, onto luggage. And well, she starts dumping paint all over the place. She starts dumping, dumping paint. Yeah. My first thought was I was like, oh, yeah, paint flammable. And I was like, oh, no, this is like interior house paint, not flammable. Yeah. But they did have a thing for that because then she dumps all the primer all over. Yeah, the place, I think it's like turpentine as well. So yeah. it's all the paint thinner and the primer that she dumps that is flammable. The paint is to make the the trends of the, yeah. the thing, the, the protector not be able to get out. So she's able to lure it in. Does she have like a final killing? Le- oh, yes. She, she sure says, does. Have a nice hey, day. Have a nice and day. And she pulls out that flare that she'd hidden in her bra all that time yep. ago and throws it in and manages to blow yep. it up. Honestly, all the stuff she accomplishes in the last third of the movie is made that much more impressive by the fact that she does it all with like an eight inch road flare 
stuck in her bra. Like it was (laughs) not a lot of mobility there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she, she lures it in there. You know, she, she gets her, her last quip in, turns the tables and, uh, this time the fire is effective because it's an explosion. She blows up the store. And I it, love, though, when, like, it shows her, like, because, like, I think there's a little shot of her kind of being thrown by the explosion. But where she's laying, like, all the debris is, like, just below her yes. feet. Like, none of the debris made it as far as her. She's, like, all, you know, the classic the, laying yeah. down on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then for a, a final lift for this movie, Ferdy. Ferdy pops back live. up. Yeah, and he's walking he's, down the stairs. He's holding he's holding a toilet paper, yes. a, a full roll of toilet paper to the back of his head that is absolutely soaking up and covered in yep. blood. But then when he gets downstairs and they hug, he's wearing a white shirt that has no, no blood on it. No. <laughs> no. It honestly that. could have been a commercial for Charmin Ultra. It's just like super absorbent, right? Yeah. Like Ferdy's <laughs> alive, brought, and he just shows the yeah. him with the, the blood on the back. Uh, I, I It's great. It's great. Yeah. I was I was on the fence about because it, it's a good place to end that movie. And it is the the end of the story of the robots in the mall. Mm. There was a part of me that wanted a little bit of the aftermath. Just a, a, like five oh, minutes. Like, right. Of like, of like people, some like of those people, people coming back. Yeah, to, like, to, yeah. I, I would have wanted that, too. Yeah, You're like it, owners it, surveying the damage to the stores. Right. Like, so, yeah. you know, uh, news crews trying to like interview them. Kind of like the end of Die Hard. Right. Yeah. Where you get that little bit at the end. Yeah, but, I agree. I think I would have I nice. liked that as well. But I think budget constraint. Yeah. I think it cost less than a million dollars. I think it was $800,000 is what they had to spend in this movie. So I, I you know what? For $800,000. Oh, they made great. it work. Yeah. Fantastic. They really made it work. And it, it, so, uh, it, and I mean, most of that was went into the robots because the, and, and well, I guess I was in explosions and glass and <laughs> other things, but they didn't have to pay that much to, to film in this place. But yeah, I agree. I, I would have liked a little bit more of that, but we, it is satisfying to see her, uh, succeed and destroy the final robot. Well, as we know, mm. as far as we know, the final robot, we because we do have uh, a stinger after a very 80s sitcom style. We get like an image of everyone and it says their name next yeah. to them. Like at the at, during these credits, there is like a mid or end credit sequence of a fourth protector that we did not know existed powering up and saying, have a nice day or something like that. So yeah. that does happen uh, and sets up a sequel that never happened. No, no. Really surprising because it, it didn't do that well in in theaters but about as well as other movies from people like this or, or mm-hmm. and stuff uh and i mean other movies that made less money definitely got sequels because this is still during the era where a movie could really be revitalized by being released on video and being shown on tv and that's what happened with chopping mall it really found its audience being re-shown on tv and and uh, being rented at at stores so it, it was a profitable movie so I'm, I'm surprised they never made a sequel to it it really seems like ripe for it yeah yeah that's interesting i would love to have seen like the protector mark ii right yeah <laughs> like this this one just has rocket launchers and you know <laughs> machine guns built right oh, into yeah. it right I mean, they, they could have <laughs> set it in a school they yeah. could have set it on like air force one there's so yeah. many weird 100%. things you can do with a sequel like this yeah. um but they never did so it's a, it's a one-off yeah. um but yeah uh, i i am still happy with uh with where it ends triumphantly very terminator-esque uh kind of ending final thoughts Final thoughts, watch this movie. Watch Even if it. you've sat through so this good. entire thing listening to us break down the entire plot, you should definitely watch it. Or uh, better yet, uh, get my psychic message uh, now at the beginning to not listen to the whole thing and just watch the movie before before listening to the breakdown. But it's so fun. It's 78 minutes long. 
you can't go wrong. Yeah, that's what I think about that. Yeah, it's, we um, have spent more time talking about it. We have the yeah, runtime. We've spent more time movie. talking about it than the, but, than the actual runtime of the movie. But I hope that it, just that just goes to show what fun it is mm-hmm. to, to to have. I really hope it's come across here how much we enjoy this movie. I love it. I, I've said from the beginning, I love the characters. I love the robots. I, I everything about this movie is worth your time. It's so much fun. It ha- it has a personality both the characters, the robots, and the film itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it knows what it is. And again, I, I did make reference that maybe that comes through more in this edit of, of kind of losing 20 minutes of fat. But if that's the case, then that's the case. Like, yeah. uh, I think uh, the movie is self-aware enough that it doesn't ever try to convince us that these robots are, are truly scary and mm-hmm. that they're more of a campy fun aspect. Uh, and that comes through uh, through a lot of it. You know, it's kind of it's it's in the vein of, of many other movies. It's got, you know, it's got the aliens thing going on. It's you know, it's a classic trope of you're stuck somewhere and you need to get somewhere else. But there is killer whatever in between. And uh, I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. So, yeah, it's a, it's really great. Anytime people ask me for like a movie of this ilk, it's the first one that comes to mind. It's the it's an easy one to recommend. Mm-hmm. I think it can be watched on Amazon Prime if you have Shudder or I think MGM. So if you have Shudder, you're already good. You can definitely watch it. If if that's not the case, you can also go with Tubi. That's going to have commercials. Or you can do what I did and just watch it on YouTube. Someone hasn't taken it down yet. And And I'm pretty sure... I, I don't know about the versions that are on Amazon or what the state of the movie is right now, but the original negative for the movie is held up in court. So they can't actually, or at least as far as I know, they can't actually release a DVD that is the theatrical looking version in widescreen. So the version that is on YouTube is from the DVD, which is a VHS rip. So it's in four by <laughs> four by three. <laughs> you so know what, a, though? I think for a movie like that, four by yeah. three, there's just something. It's appropriate. Yeah, it, it's appropriate. it certainly didn't ruin it. No. I didn't. I only learned that after I've watched it. Yeah, a few I, times, so I didn't. I learned that right now. Yeah, when you said I didn't it. notice it. And as yeah. a person who collects VHS, I do notice certain movies where I'm like, eh, this is zoomed in. This is a movie that had a lot of close ups, even in widescreen, and it feels zoomed in. It never feels unnatural to be in four by three. So it's mm-hmm. it's certainly not a problem. Yep. Uh, I think that's it for us today. Definitely watch Chopping Mall. And uh, if you're Coming to us for the the first time, uh, you'll also notice that uh, we have a couple more episodes already out, uh, and the next one is Jaws 3D. Check that out. <laughs> Which I would say most people wouldn't classify classify as an exploitation film, but I will because they're very clearly exploiting the good name of Jaws. <laughs> Report from the front. Freddy's got to worry. Yeah. Look, what if these things can read our minds? They're gonna be awful mad when they get to me. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, join the cult today by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Help us grow the cult by sharing it with your friends, family, and that masked stranger hiding in your closet. Finally, you can connect with us on Facebook at The Video Cult or on Instagram and TikTok at video underscore cult 666.